0: You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Abram Kibalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. If it's Moisei Shabbos this must be Amir with Rabbi Gabriel Rabbi I think this is our penultimate show for this season, for season seven. It's been, I think, a pretty good one. And I think we are going to ask our listeners to once again, please send in your points, comments, questions, and maybe next week our, our final show for the season will deal with some of your questions.
1: I have, by the way, an interesting piece of piece of news. On Wednesday, I went down an arts visit. Those who don't know who arts is, it's an organization which accredits yeshivas to the Bells of Koilo in, in Muncie. And they invited me to say a and yorodea. And I said a shirin dea on Cle- Clewish and Clewishaini. Clewish I think it's probably the first time
0: a shirin has been delivered in bells in English. So basically what you're trying to say is, is that on your blog spot, you're making available the sheer that you gave and bells. So you're ta- you're using this show to basically promote yourself, right? Absolutely. And, uh, I see. So the announcement is: don't care about riska Riza, but actually, I've got my own thing going. And look at me! I I, I said a shear and bells. Were the questions also raised to you in English? Did you get any questions? Uh,
1: yeah, but I think that I don't. I think they're mostly Yiddish, but you know, it's Yiddish.
0: Uh, easy Yiddish so you were able to answer
1: in Yiddish or in english in English I throw in a Yiddish sentence from now to, to time to time, but and because I was in Satmar two days earlier and I sat in le- sitting in a session you know sitting and learn talking learning with the the Bachrim, and I couldn't have done that in they would not have
0: understood English. I think bells is more sophisticated than Bor Hashem. Uh, Rabbi Yusuf Kavril Bechhafer has conquered again. He has conquered new areas. Not only, I'm not just a, a pencil pusher for arts. I'm a Rosh Hashiva, I can come here and give a she'er. They will write in the annals of the Bell's history how this, and who was that mass man? I don't know, but he left a silver bullet. <laughs> There's a new yeshiva that wanted to open, and maybe it still will open, a Reb label. Rav Label seems to be a quite successful Rosh Hashiva, Rosh Keil, and basically Jewish educator. And he is a calls himself a a Talmud Muvuk of Rav Shach. and he started this network under the Rav Kiv Eger schools. And he seems like uh, it was Hikesh Roshim, many Baalabatim who had been in yeshiva enjoyed learning under programs that he had developed, and now he wanted to come to Beit Shemesh. And I think after he was miyayitz with Rabbonim in America to create a yeshiva that has secular studies. However, it's not in the actual bismedrish, but I suppose it's some sort of online place where you could go. It's not in the actual building. I don't know exactly how he actually was magdrit. You don't actually take the courses in the yeshiva building itself, but it will allow the the post high school age uh, israeli bachrim to be able to be trained in various vocations uh, to be ready to take on jobs that are high paying to be able to become part of a 21st century workforce very soon after this was announced the salvos started flying fast and furious and it really in a way i guess although we might be in error here it marked the first turn at bat of the new newly crowned Rosh HaGadolim, Rav Dave Landau.
1: There's still a competition
0: who's going to be the Rosh HaGadolim. Well, it sounds like Rav Bergman also signed a letter, but it was penned. It, it seems like the number I one. I that
1: there's a, also a Baruch as Rafi's in the running. The conspiracy theorists say that's why he got sick.
0: <laughs> I see. <laughs> I see, but it seems like this was penned. The lotion here was penned by Rav Dov Landau. I did try on Shabbos to read through a number of these beautiful letters back between Rav Chaim and Rav Dov. Rav Dov writes about why this yeshiva needs to be put down. We have to fight it now. We have to create a tremendous voice against us—a a whirlwind of of anger. If we burn this out from the beginning as it begins to flower, If we can burn this out from the beginning as it begins to flower. kerem Mikol tarbus I, I was taken a little bit by that term chatozu, and I think that there might be a remez, uh, although it might be psukim about the uh, the the tarbus chachet, the the svirach. In other words, they are trying to have their cake and eat it. They don't say label is arosha. They don't say that Label is a, is a Meses Mediach, like Yechil Michal of the 19th century, who came in, uh, to Eretz Yisrael and tried to be Makalko the Yishuv against, uh, Rev Diskin and all the, uh, Vasike Yerushalayim. They know that he's a Rav Shach They know he's Turuv, but they feel that putting this in, it's a Sfiach, It's something that's here. And if it grows, it develops. And even this, though, it might be supposedly Kule Kaldish and everyone. This will erupt into an Isil that needs to be smashed right now. So it's a nice little turn of the phrase. But I don't think it really puts Rabdelliv and other the signatories in it. Who else signs this, by the way? Let's see. Who else is this co-signatures on this? We have Rav Meir Bergman, which you say is uh, he might still he was in the running before. Robert O. Pavarsky, of Hirsch, and of course, Rev Zilberstein that we spoken about. Uh, oh, yeah, he's
1: also in the running.
0: Yes. He's also in the running.
1: I think I think even if Dave Landy becomes Godador, the place to Godador will be Rev Zilberstein, because that's what it divides up these titles.
0: I see. Come on, please. No, please, I'm being serious. Okay, we, 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 maybe Melch Biederman should be the place for the door. You know what I'm saying? I don't get it. I don't get it, because he because he, cause he asked his shver so many kashas, because he was so involved with Rav Chaim's I mean, it's
1: Rav Yoshev's son-in-law, and that's that's Rav Chaim's brother-in-law. Is that not enough to be the place of Kadol?
0: Both of us, of course, agree that this is a ridiculous way to attack something that is obviously going to be a big toyeles uh, if it can happen, No. Haredi Judaism is waiting for something to allow its burgeoning population to be able to take a role and contribute in a way that to, to fend off all the criticism of being parasitic. Could you see any possible reason for Rabdav and all these other Gedele Yisrael uh, to come down on this? I want to tell you
1: again until Rav Shach, Chazanish, had a kpeda that he allowed midrashiyat noam to open, but he said it's not called yeshiva. That's why it's called, called midrashiyat noam. That high school, what was it? The uh leiv, the same idea. It was allowed to open. I don't remember who gave that comma, but also out uh, the night they don't use the term yeshiva. Right? That became, uh, that was the issue. So once they used the term yeshiva, they were fine with it. So to speak, the, only man, the right when it came to uh, Ma'arava, I think that Rav Shach was Mechadesh, that we don't care what name it's called. It doesn't matter. We're against it. Finished. <laughs> right? And uh, they t- say at the time that Baruch Chait work, walked around with a revolver because he was afraid for his life from the Kanoim when the, when the Ma'arava issue occurred.
0: And we know that Mamish, some of the best families and Tyrus Bochrim went to Marova. And what about the what about the Chodosh, the Yeshakodosh is
1: much older. So that, it didn't get, you know, it was for grandfathered in. And probably Roshach you know, had a soft spot for it because that's where he taught first when he came there to Cisro, I'm guessing. Uh-huh. So the um you know the Chazanish took him out of there. That's what they say. Khanish said he should go leave there and go to Panovich. So it's fascinating is that Ribdov Lando's claimed to fame hitherto was a evidently relatively famous letter he wrote at the time that Degel HaTorah split off from the and he came out against it, even though Rav Shach was on the other side of the divide. He was gutsy enough to come out against it and say how it was a terrible,
0: terrible uh, development. In other words, why should there be a split among the Charedi Shavelt between the Chasideh Shecherva and the Aguda and the Yeshiva Light, the Litvish Yeshiva to make Degel Why don't we? Why don't we stay together as one Khativahas? That was from Dave Landau's criticism of Rav Shach.
1: Yes, and my my Lubavitcher relatives have a soft spot
0: for Rabbi Landau uh, because he likes Rav Shach at the time. <laughs> I guess what we have to wonder now, Rav I guess we can ask him, you know, what's going on. In other words, you believe that Rabbi David wrote that letter way back at the time would not necessarily have uh, come out so fire. I, I don't know and for a fact. Tone. I
1: mean, as a suspect, speculation. I, I, would, I would want to believe that none of this is political and that he's a completely shem Shammaiim, and that's the case. And then we have to understand that he really holds that uh, the Pirates are here, assuming that he's not going to Rav Shachs
0: Mahalach, was that was going to be called a yeshiva. So maybe the pro- the way out for Lebel and all this program is to take this, this name Yeshiva out of their, uh, title. And mm-hmm. this way, right. The problem is, is that we By all way, know. that was the
1: goigness, That's the guidance of Turo when they opened their program for Hasidim. They called it the Parnasa.
0: Right. Uh, yes. And we know, of course, when Turo started, this was also a, uh, Turo was attacked. In other words, why you, Everybody knew it was Trafe. But here came Turo as an of for the Yeshiva Welt to take classes. And by the way, many of those original Turo classes were actually uh they, they weren't separate boys and girls. Boys and girls actually were together taking these classes. We know that from that period 45 or 50 years ago, a uh, Turo has you know look how many people it's it's saved Claudius in many ways, right? Look how many, look, look how look how many. People have been able to get degrees, have entered into the workforce, have been able to become therapists, doctors, and other things based Dr. on. Dr.
1: Lander has certainly
0: achieved his revenge on YU many times over. When I used to work for Catapult doing Title I teaching, the Khsida Shachevra that I was surrounded with, they all had degrees based on programs they had taken for Turo. So, you know, Turo College has has done incredible things. But, you know, one of the things I heard from my friends in Eretz Yisrael, Rabbi Yosef, is that America is different. That in America, the, the, the people that were involved in Teter Meseira and others were Rabbonim, Gedewim, and they allowed the Echol to happen and they understood it was how important it was. So it was under Hashkocha of the rabbinic world. Whereas here, Lebel is like starting something uh, without the Haskamas of the Gedei And because of that, it can't be matzliach. That what happened in America worked because it was done uh, al pi I don't know what they're talking about. What, 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 what does that mean? Yes, yes, right. This is this has been the answer, because part of what the Chevra in, in Beit Shemesh, where this was trying to be started, have said, look, America has been able to uh have secular studies be uh placed in yeshivas and schools and are talking
1: about high schools now well, because of no in yeshivas. other words they've,
0: they basically conflated everything lebel is talking i believe about post high school right right but 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 they but they've brought a raya from everything they've brought a raya from from the whole K through 12 programs that were matziach in America. That's a very strange riot. But but they wanted to say America was different. Is it possible that the response is America's goals? And because of goals, we have the Hershian approach that we need to be of somewhat and be mashpiya. But Eretz has to be tayras And therefore, what worked in America is because we were Mukhrach, nebuch, because we were but in Eretz Yisroh, it has to be different. And could be that's really what they mean, that that's why in Eretz Yisrael, nothing like this could ever be uh, vowel-shaped, because Eretz Yisrael has to be, as Rav Daiv says, the kerem has to be kulei kodesh uh, which, which means, of course, that me and you, Rabbi Yosef, will never, <laughs> we are, we are <laughs> That is one approach. But then, of course, you have what you've quoted to me from the Chsam Soifer and Rav Kuk Uvrocha, in his, his Nagdus to Rav Hirsch is the opposite. <laughs> is that really in Golis, Tairam Derek Eretz didn't make sense to Rav Kuk. But Davka in Eretz Yisro, that's where we can rise and incorporate and be maliat like the Shiva Kane And as you quoted, uh, some say for a couple of times here to me that Dafka in, er, in Eretz Yisroel is can you take work and become a Baal Parnosa in the ways that you can't be in Chutzlords? So, really, you know, the argument is probably we could go the opposite. We should not be scared of limudei Chol in Eretz Yisroel. If any place we should be scared of, it should be in Chutzlords. True. But anyway, if that's the problem, then
1: Rabbi Lebel, or his name, his name is, should start in Eilat, which is outside of Eretz Yisrael, so it shouldn't be a problem. A lot of in Beit Shemesh.
0: That's part of the problem. Yeah. But the, I think Beit Shemesh, see, I think they didn't reckon how Beit Shemesh has now become Yerushalayim. The Beit Shemesh is an extension of Yerushalayim for so many people. So many people, uh, it's a bedroom community for Yerushalayim. So many people work and go to Yeshiva and Kleel in Yerushalayim. So they say, how dare it be in Beit Shemesh?
1: Okay. Is it possible that the next Godelador can even come from outside Bnei Brak? Like, uh, like Rabbah Rahi as a dark horse? I don't think so. I think the mantle of Godelador has shifted to Bnei Brak. I think Yushalayim has been given up to the Hasidim. And, uh, you want to be the literal Godel, you need to be located in Bnei Brak.
0: Look, you know, again, we've talked about B'nai Brak and what Chazanisha's Makshava was, and I guess you're right. There's a certain kiyum in Das coming out of B'nai Brak. Last Shabbos was the ptira of someone who I think uh, you interacted with in your West Hempstead life, Sholem Gold. He's a
1: Rabbi, of West Hempstead for most of my uh, formative years since I've uh, he's, they came when I was in fifth grade, and they left already when I was out of high school. He was a uh, very powerful press, and uh, he had a very strong, strident way of expressing himself about things he believed in passionately, which carried over even more when he went to Eretz Israel. In, in a clip from like a week before he was passed away, he's stridently critiquing people who were living in America and not coming to
0: Israel. Right, he was very upset that he, he met some Lakewood chevra and that uh, how can it be that Lakewood has turned into this ear of A.M.B. Yisroel, nobody's thinking of making Aliyah. Yes. He was a, a very sharp-tongued fellow, very extremely opinionated, a, a tremendous uh, Zionist, a lover of Eretz Yisroel. So he's he told over the story, it's printed up, that uh, he was taking a walk, I think it was in West Hempstead, and he met a family that were walking their dog, and they mentioned how that they were taking their dog with them to Eretz They're making Aliyah. And then he said, if if the dog is making Aliyah, how could he not make Aliyah? If a family understands that they're going and they're going with the hunt, so he himself would go.
1: He he said to me once, when I had a conversation many years afterwards, he said he would not do it again.
0: He would not have made Aliyah. He
1: would not have made Aliyah. He said the first years were too painful. Before he went to Eretz Yisrael, he, the the second... You know, First, he was there for a year on sabbatical. Then he went back. I believe, I might be wrong, but I believe that he asked Lubavitcher Rebbe and Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky to right, so. And the Rebbe told him not to go. And Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky said he can go. So um, he listened to Rabbi Yaakov. In retrospect, I think he felt, and I don't know if he would have said know, this. Well, you know
0: what? I want to push back a little bit. I, I never got the impression from, I, I was by a Sholem Gold, I guess, in 19... 19- uh, I ate by his house in 1980, uh, possibly or 1981. I was by his house. I was I was in his house in West Hampstead, and he uh, he was quite. Uh, he tried to have me as the I think the appetizer for the dinner. I mean, I was there with his nephew, uh, Schollgold. Now right. I have to tell you that Sholem's older brother. Rabbi Yosef from Worcester Mass was considered one of the Talmidim Vasikim of Rabbi Yoshimir Salvechik. That's correct. Yes. And, you know, and, and, and Sholem, although he might have spent some time in YU, was an Arius Roll person. So I want to tell you, Rabbi Yosef Gold, who I, I, I got to know a little bit, uh, through his son, Sholey, was Mamish, uh, an, 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 Ili and a, a Masmid and a very interesting personality as well, but very Dovuk, uh, to Rav, the rov, And I heard from Rav uh Salvechik Tzatzel, that Yosef Gold, the Rav of Worcester, was not the best guy in the yeshiva at the time. Again, he was stuck at Farblunget over there in Worcester, Mass. Now, his younger brother went to Toronto and was one of the the tsevet of the yeshiva in Nair Yisrael. When Rav Sholem, in his youth, leaving Nair Yisrael, came to Toronto, he was laying the groundwork for a sniff of Neri which Neri Yisrael decided uh, to basically begin, I think, in the mid-60s. And Rev. Weinberg came to be Rosh Hashiva of that sniff. Not right away. Rabbi Silver and Gold started the yeshiva,
1: and then Rabbi Ruderman sent Rabbi Weinberg after he had started it. I think that Rabbi Weinberg was not happy in, in Baltimore at that time. I don't recall the exact story, of course. But he was not happy, and was something, you know, it was deterred, decided that they
0: ship him off to Toronto. Nehrustone wanted to kill two birds in one stone. Uh, Rav Weinberg, clearly a man of a cr- tremendous intellect, who seemed to have hit a brick wall in Nehru Yisrael, maybe with the ascendancy of Kalevsky and other things. So the ATSA was, hey, Rav Weinberg, you'll go to Toronto, ostensibly to help really put the gushpanka on the sniff, and to be the Rosh Hashiva in near Yisrael, Toronto. And he brought some of the best and brightest of his students with him at that time, including my good friend and Rebbe, uh, Rav Yakum Meshapupko. And when, they came to, when he came to Toronto, it was a very uneasy relationship between Rav Weinberg and Sholem Gold. And the other Roshiv as was well. And there was a, a, it got to a point that Rav Gold decided that he was going to be Moirad in Rav Weinberg.
1: Yes, they, it should say, but in the of all three of them, that the story has never fully been divulged. And nobody knows exactly when, what went awry there. We should mention that Rabbi Weinberg, when a Rabbi Weinberg come meet him in Israel of Toronto was Rabbi Tsuriel. He calls him Murray Varabi because he learned by him
0: in, in, uh, in Israel. So I guess we have to give Shawn Gold that's close that he was at least a shultif in some sense to the dream that could have been that Nairiestro of Toronto. I,
1: he was a very he was a very authentic person, very fiery and very uh, eloquent, and uh, he he made a tremendous roshim and he was a fantastic debater. Besides that,
0: you feel he was a maker rabbanon.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I, we have to say a very important thing about him. Is that he is credited with putting up the first at least modern community air in North America now of course there were big er- there even beforehand, but uh you know they for many years that kind of lapsed you know they're not big not legitimate kosher airmen put up a community wide basis for a long time, and a lot of the old ones either had been built bustle or were bustle and West Hampstead in nineteen seventy one we had the first uh, communal air, mm-hmm. and that might
0: have actually planted once again in your brain the seed of Airvin in modern metropolitan areas. Correct. <laughs> I see. Yeah, everything comes back to you at this at this point. Tell me, would you say Sholem Gold was a kentleyn? He was a London, and He knew how to learn.
1: I don't. I never spoke to him learning, but I assume he was. You know, they wouldn't have sent him to to, um, to start an in Arizona, Toronto if he was not royal. Uh huh.
0: Because I didn't get the impression that he, he was definitely a, a polemicist and a, definitely a fighter for ideals. But, you know, he was shaku and Sugius. I'm saying this is what I heard about his brother, that his brother was not, a, was not so much into Rabbonus. He just loved learning. I don't know that much about him in that way. Can you compare him to Rav Kelmer? No. Rabbi Kelmer
1: right. would have would, been behind the door. That's what I'm saying.
0: And Kelmer one who took his place, right?
1: Yeah, but Rabbi Kelmer never showed that. Except they had no opportunity
0: to show that off. Right, but with Kelmer, we have his safer on, on Ksuva, we have his safer safe to Ksuva so we can see what Rabbi Kelmer's alumnus is. You can take a look at the footnotes there. Every single one is steeped in in Amkus. We talked about him, of course. So again, I, you know, my feeling is, is that you know, Shom Gold was a was a rabble rouser in a way, and a, for good things. He was a person that wanted to, uh, you know, uh, to sound the trumpet, the clarion call for Eretz Yisrael, for a more, you know, again, he was fighting and very much, the, very much like you said, the Haredi wave, pushing for Eretz Yisrael. Not a typical Nary Yisrael Talmud, bechol. No, I think there's love for Eretz Yisrael in West Hampstead, on the job. And it came really from the Balabat, and those, those people so, yes. that were friends of your parents.
1: I think There was a very large percentage, including my parents, which are, a man, are people who are, make aliyah from from West Hampton. Uh The ones who came later than my parents, I think most of them succeeded. But uh, it started before my parents, after my parents, and uh, it was- So he was someone like, who was
0: able to learn from his environment as opposed yeah. to, I'm just being much beyond the environment.
1: Right. Once you mentioned uh, Shogold and his father, so Shogo himself once told me this great this great marshal that there was once a um a, a guy whose wife was kept temping him that he's never get, gets any position of responsibility in the shul, and everybody else is a gabai, is a shamish, is a president, is this that the other thing, and her, her husband garnished, and she feels embarrassed. So the guy says, Okay, I'll go speak to the rabbi about it. So he goes to the rabbi, and the rabbi hears his uh his litany. And the, wife, the rabbi says, you know what? You're right. Your wife is right. We're going to make you in charge of the Heisadonder. So, uh, um, well, he's very happy. So he goes on to his wife and tells his wife, I'm in charge of the Heisadonder. So his wife says, that's great. I'm thrilled. But what is the Heisadonder? So he says, I have no idea. I have to go back and ask the rabbi. So he says, he gets back to the rabbi. The rabbi says, he right. the rabbi, what's the So He says, I'm at Rosh Hashanah Kipper. There are a lot of people who don't know when they're supposed to sit down and get up, sit down, get up, drink the evening. So you're in charge of the, hey, sit down there. Whenever somebody gets to up, that was not supposed to get up, you tell them they're supposed to sit down. It's a, a beautiful marshal. I mean, well, I, it's a very elastic marshal, but th- that everybody needs to have their feeling of dignity. I don't know if that's the right term for that, because it's makes, this makes spoof dignity. In other words, everybody needs to make, uh, have a position of dignity, even if it's the most ludicrous thing. And that in and of itself becomes, for them, their achiza, and their own specific sense of, uh, of self-value. And their women and their wives are better than
0: them. Alachas Kama Vakama, what Lebel was trying to do was to provide so many people with a sense of purpose, dignity, and <laughs> something in the real world. Right, if if you are able to have an artificial dignity, people who come out with some sort of credentialized position, and and I think really the Aitzah of of neutralizing this and not calling a yeshiva will destroy these chaver's dignity. They come from families and they come from a background where you're expected to be in yeshiva, and if you're going to tell them no, I didn't go to yeshiva, I went to Lebel's Machon, that will once again burst the balloon. Of, of dignity. The point is, yes, I was a, I'm a bentaira. I went to yeshiva. I consider myself a yeshiva man. This is my parnosa that I was able to get out. And now I can help serve uh, the community. I can be a therapist. I can be a nutrition, a plumber, whatever it is. And as you say, <laughs> you've got to give, pers- you gotta, you gotta give people some of that hay And if you don't have that, then a person feels overwhelmed. Not everybody can be uh, Rabdai Vlando and be the God of Ador. You know, last year we did a popular What If? alternative history
1: series, And I, I wonder, you know, this I think was Rukheim Oyser's mistake. And who knows what would have happened otherwise? Rukheim Oyser prevented the Hildesheimer Seminary from moving to Europe. And as you saw in 1934, had he not prevented that,
0: then there might have been a different atmosphere, before. but again, as I mentioned, as I indicated before, the, the, never underestimate the the power of the Altiushivnikos and their Yarshim. Their ability to crush Rappinus's idea, to crush almost everything, might have it might have lasted, but something tells me that uh, it probably wouldn't have necessarily been Hickish Roshim in that way. What the whole Tehrim Derheritz velt and and the Hildesheimer Mentality it doesn't exist anywhere except in a small little pockets in Eretz Yisrael, right? And it, 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 as you said, Machon Lev and other places, but generally it's it's marginalized to a, to a tremendous degree. Yeah, you're right. Perhaps uh, you know if, if someone with a great She'er Kaima would have been in the head of it, maybe things would have been different. Uh, you know, Kol Torah is supposed to be that kind of yeshiva.
1: Kol was started by tell me, the Rabbi Hilda I read Baruch Kanchdata and by Rebbe Chil Michael Schlesinger. And so it was also the first yeshiva in Eretz I think, to give, have shir in Hebrew as opposed to Yiddish. And I'm not sure what exactly developed over the years they made it a standard litvish yeshiva, uh, but uh, it was supposed to be something along those lines. Can I ask you a question? Yes. Let me ask you a question. I, it makes me nervous, this whole Tisha period and all that's going on in Eretz Yisroh that it's such a, it's the the period of the year with all this a tremendous ripping apart of Israeli society, the fabric of Israeli society. I'm very nervous of what
0: happens to Shabbat this year. You're worried that there's going to be Ketrugim Lamala, because of all the sinna. It's it's clearly a, a as, as we said before, I mean, the the uh, lessons don't seem to have been learned. The lessons of Ach Yisrael, the lessons of Vatronis, I think it's a pachad.
1: If it happened in Ador or Tishrei, I wouldn't be so f- afraid. But it's a long
0: time of year. The vatronis has to come from our side. It's not going to come from the tzadim that are that are against the charedi Shevelt, that are that are. It's not going to come from the leftists. It's not going to come from the seculars. Either side. That's the problem.
1: We have no Rabbi Yochman Zaka who is going to go negotiate with his nephew, the head of the beard, the head of the, uh, the
0: yeah. I guess maybe we could we could take a page out of that Gemara and say, sometimes what what's important to do is to is to kill the old. In other words, take some stinky object with you. Take some take some rotting corpse like object with you. Stay with it. Clearly, most people thought that Rabbi Yehoshua had died. Right, right. It was only it was only a select view of Talmidim. Maybe there was something in that as well. That there's something that it wasn't just oh you know this is the way he's going to be get out. Maybe there's something in, in, in the sense that to go from one kufa to another, you have to, like, in a way, go almost at Safa Mobis. You have to almost kill the old in order to reinvent the new. That was, <laughs> that historically, you know,
1: it's hard for us to say this, but
0: that sounds very
1: much like the relationship between the Holocaust and the, the post-Holocaust, era. killing
0: the old in order to come to the new. But as we know, it's a Dover Saruach, but it's really a heki yeah. Sometimes you're moxic the Dabrasiruch, which seems meas. And 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 it's it's it, it it the yes, that person's sick, but really it's being used as a means uh to be able to get through. And as we say, the the modern day fires of the baryonim uh should be extinguished. Hopefully, uh we should see Simonim flames of other and Behirus. So next week, we'll hopefully we'll get, we'll get to all your uh, comments and critique. We'll get to that next week. Catch you next week, people, everybody. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.